Day Talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's Today Talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's Today Talks. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's Today Talks. And I'ma talk about it. Welcome to this episode of the Tanae Talks podcast, a podcast that entertains and educates. Remember, Tanae Talks and you listen. Today I got a really dope uh, episode recording because I am recording at Hello Studios in downtown Dallas, right? It has a spectacular view. It looks great. Like you can see the whole city, you can see the expressway, you, it, it just, it just gives you a whole little vibe, you can see, you see over there, you can see that, I got a special guest in the building with me, uh, I'll get to that in a minute, so yeah, I'm recording at Hello Studios in downtown Dallas, shout out to Zorik, this is a really dope setup, and um, I'm sipping on rosé right now, you know, if you come record at Hello Studios, you're going to get you some rosé. Cheers. <laughs> and I, there's no other person that I like to have a toast with looking at the beautiful city of Dallas. I would rather do it with nobody else but my love. <laughs> yeah. uh, the educated black man himself. The black male perspective. The <laughs> black male perspective. Yeah. The greatest history teacher this side Never. of heaven. <coughs> no. The greatest <laughs> history teacher at... Mm -mm. I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> Please welcome <laughs> Mr. Terrence Rogers. Yo, what up, world? What up, Tanae Talkers? <laughs> hey, talkers out there. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about. Today's episode will be entitled Unconditional Parenting. What? And we're going to really <clears throat> get into how we are transitioning our, our motto, I guess you can say. Our, we're transitioning our parenting model to unconditional parenting. And we're basing it off of the book entitled Unconditional Parenting by Alfie Kahn. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Terrence, let's, let's tell the listeners out there a little background on what led us to unconditional parenting with the child that we are raising. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're raising children, but the child that lives in the home with us. <laughs> My wonderful, beautiful, bright AJ. The wonderful, 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 wonderful AJ. Uh, how did we get here? You know, we've had this conversation before, and I halfway can't remember. I just remember, and you have to fill in the blanks. All right. I remember, oh, I got it. All right. We, you know, just dealing with, you know, just the, the, the struggles of parenting, just being self-reflective of, you know, decisions that we make and strategies that we use because we just want to see the best for AJ, right? Correct. And we just knew that we just felt like we weren't getting, you know, the results that we wanted. That's a great way to put it. We weren't seeing 
the results because we were having a lot of challenges. And as a parent, my mom always said, there is no guidebook to parenting. No. They don't write a book about, people write books. Yeah, they do. <laughs> But it's like there's no blueprint. There is no one size fits all when it comes to parenting. It's no. And in and, and this book itself, anyone who will read it, you'll find out he doesn't offer a blueprint. Not at all. All he asks is that we just think about the way we've done it. Mm-hmm. What do we want out of uh, you know our parenting relationship with our children? And and analyze, is that how we're going to get what we really want? Like, truly, what do we really want? And he can't give you the do this, do that. But he just gives you a paradigm shift, ultimately. So going back to what you asked, um, we were just having a struggle. You know, we always have our in-bed conversations. We're just talking about... Pillow talking. Right. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> that Sunday morning, like, just life. You know, what we're going to take to our prayer corners and all that beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just, just dealing with it. And then... I came across somebody on Facebook, a woman advertising just some parenting classes. And then I, I signed up for it just to go see, you know, it is free. <laughs> you know, she put Mine up, you as know, well. are you tired of the kids talking back? Are yes. you tired of having to yell and say something 25 times? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you got the answer? She got the answer. Today she got the answer. And it's free. So, you know. But pause. <laughs> so when he's like, we're having these conversations in the morning and then this this ad pops up on Facebook. That's how you know these these phones be listening to us. The devil. Because like you said, we were going to our prayer club. Like seriously, he was going to pray in his corner. I was going to pray in my corner. We were praying together. We were writing in our prayer journals. (laughs) (laughs) Any parent knows that you can't raise these kids without prayer. Right. (laughs) Exactly. You need the Lord. (laughs) You need need somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You need the higher power. You know. So, So Terrence took the class. Yeah, I took the class. And then what I ended up doing was because she was offering stuff you know, for like money, like just like if you just pay this amount, you'll have access to me, um, you know, and I'll answer your questions and I'll tell you A, B, C, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got to pay you. <laughs> you just going to like be my online tutor and I got to come running to you. And then you'll give me like uh, once a month, I get some downloads that I can get, but I got to pay you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know me. Let me see if it's out there for free. Who put the PDF out there? <laughs> so. That's how they reel you in. Like, I'm only giving you a little snippet. You yeah, got to pay for it. you're not going to get me because I know somebody out there is going to upload it. But the, And that's what ended up happening. Google. I started Googling the concepts that she was talking about. And ding, this guy pops up. And I started reading, like, his blog. And I'm like, oh, dude wrote a book? Where this book at? Mm-hmm. And then I found, you know, and I ordered it and went and picked it up the very next morning. And I'll just dive right in. That's how he, we got here. He dived right in and he would tell me, you know, things from the book. And it was applicable not only to us raising our, our son, but it was also applicable to how we were reared as children and mm-hmm. how it shows up into your adult life. Mm-hmm. So we would be going on these walks and he would be telling me stuff about the book about, you know, kids that were praised or using a reward system or whatever the case and how it shows up 
in your adult world and, and the job and you're expecting to get praise all the time where you're mm -hmm. expecting to get a reward, you know, for something. And so it really showed up. But a little bit of more background information. Terrence and I have a blended family, you know. AJ is my biological child and technically AJ is his stepson. And, you know, there's conversations that have to be had when you're allowing a another adult who is not the bio parent to discipline your child. So mm -hmm. I, he used to feel very uncomfortable about maybe his input, and I didn't really know where to put his input. Mm -hmm. And so you want to talk a little bit to that dynamic? Mm. <laughs> it was just, as a, <laughs> it was weird. I had never been in it. She had never been in it. We we never been in a situation where, we had to form these new relationships. And I know from your angle, yeah, this is your baby. And this has been your baby for 10 years. Well, seven when we met, but. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly, right. But it's your yeah, baby. Yeah, he, he's my human. He's mine. And I have <laughs> two other boys. And, and my boys are older. I have a, what, he is 21. Mm-hmm. I'll be messed up. He's 22. Yeah. <laughs> He's 22. <laughs> I got a 22-year-old and a 16-year-old. So you could kind of say that I've reached like the end of the whole parenting. I'm ready to send the last one off to college. And so it's like, oh, okay, I'm dating this lovely woman. She got a son. We get closer. And it's like, okay, I'm going to have to be involved. Well, what can you pull out of my bag of tricks? And it's like, oh, try that. No, that didn't work. That usually worked. <laughs> that worked with my boys. You know what I'm saying? Again, so he thought like, okay, what happened with his boys? And he has some great boys. They are great, well-rounded, just great kids. And AJ's a great kid as well. Right. But every kid is different. Again, like right. I said earlier, there's no one size fits all. So some right. of the strategies that applied and work well with his sons, just AJ is his own man. He's his own man. <laughs> AJ is AJ. He's his it, own person. <laughs> that's right. And you're going to respect that. And that's yes. what I respect because like he is who he is and you're going to respect that for who he is and yes. you're going to give him that. And so I had to eventually give him that. And so still, it was rough for a few years. It was just rough because then all of the old now that we've read this book like the yeah. old ways of handling things started coming you know you know at some point it's gonna be oh don't talk to her like that and then i'm gonna be the tough guy then yeah. it's gonna be oh maybe i should even get into the whooping i halfway didn't like whooping my own <laughs> children and i'm like man should i whoop them it's just it became we tried <laughs> we tried to do everything guys like yeah. we try to do good cop bad cop right we try to do wait till your father gets home type right. stuff like you know what i'm gonna tell him what he get what he get all, all of it we <laughs> like we went through every sitcom we could who had parents in the house <laughs> Literally. Like, be like James. He's going to be like James. <laughs> uh, you going to be scared when you come home because Terrence like James. You know? <laughs> right. He's going to be James Evans. Like, no, nah, maybe you need to be Carl Winslow. Okay. <laughs> maybe you need to be Uncle Phil because, you know, you ain't the bio dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So oh we just had, I we just couldn't be Bill. <laughs> and I'm not dissing him, you know, for what we talk about. I'm just saying that dude was super, super chill. I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Bill was chill. Uh, Claire had this way, like, when we say AJ is his own person, like, like how Claire would give a look and you straightened up. I was the same way with my mom. My mom could give a look and you straightened up. But AJ, like, 
Okay. I got to look too. I got to look too. We, <laughs> we going to be Diddy in that meme. We going to stare at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so what is we doing, right? right? Exactly. And he's such a bright kid, mm-hmm. right? He's very bright. He's very mm-hmm. smart. He likes to articulate his thoughts. He wants to be able to, you know, express how he feels. Mm-hmm. And so parents have to be able to do that. I was raised in a household that I guess you could say was very liberal. My mom allowed us to, if she made a decision, I could ask why. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't considered back talk. Right. I could, you know, express myself and it wasn't considered a bad thing. Uh, we, my sister and I were known around as the mouthy kids. Like <laughs> Beverly's daughters, they, they mouthy, you know, because mm-hmm. she didn't restrict us if we had an opinion or we had an idea it wasn't a kid stays in their places like they have an opinion they have feelings and I'm gonna honor their feelings I'm gonna respect their feelings and so when Terrence and I were dating I was trying to do that with AJ he looked at it as talking back because how he was raised so can you get a little bit into how you were raised and then you're looking at me single mom coming in to the fold and you're like okay what (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, in some, and I'm not even saying that your mom wasn't typical. It's just that, you know, there's, it's degrees to this, right? And so I just know there were certain ways of talking to my mom. It's not that I could not, you know, give my opinion or ask questions. It's the tone. And I just felt, I just, you know, I was raised about that tone. Like, you better mind your tone. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? How are you, how you think you're talking to me? And you know, you can, when you speak, you can speak with a certain kind of energy. And... I was raised to make sure I, 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 I uh, maintain that I maintained the right kind of tone when I talked to my mom. Right. And so, and then you know, I knew other kids who it wasn't even about the tone. You have no words to say. Like mom says this, dad says this, and your response is action. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no words. And so, yeah, that's how I was raised. And then seeing like AJ, it was like, yo. This little brother right here. <laughs> like, uh, Okay. <laughs> you going to let him talk to you like that? <laughs> and I didn't look at it like that. But I do understand the tone part. So I didn't mind him, you know, asking me questions or wondering why. Mm. But sometimes his, his tone could be a little, little sketch, sketch, right? Mm. And so as we get into parenting and then we move in as a, a you know, a blended family, we we like I said we tried so many strategies and we wanted to be like the we tried every uh, what you say every sitcom <laughs> that we could think of and, and all of this stuff right so I came across this video with Kev on stage and he was kind of doing a juxtaposition of white parenting versus black parenting right mm-hmm. and so as Terrence was reading the book Unconditional Parenting w- we kept both saying to ourselves well this seemed to only work. For, might only work for white people, right? Mm-hmm. We kept saying that. When are you going to get to the black? Because it's different for the black, right? right. And so I'm going to play this clip here that kind of speaks to that sentiment. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, black parents ain't going for this. Hey, I need you to come take that trash out real quick. I'm in the middle of an online gym, but can I do it right after? I'm Absolutely home? not. Let's go. Hold up. Hold up. Parents, let me explain something real quick. Just in case y'all didn't know, online games... That's like if she was playing a real game and I made her say, Mr. Referee, can you pause the game real quick and let me have her come over here and take the trash out and let all of her teammates down? Here's the deal with online games. It's the same thing. 
you can't pause an online game and she's got teammates that she's going to let down if you just have her come take out the trash right now when we know that trash can wait for 10, 15 minutes, however long this online game takes. But here's the deal. Kids, if I let you do that, as soon as your online game is over, please come take the trash out. Deal? Deal. Deal? Do better. Black parents be like, hey, listen, when I tell you to take out the trash, I don't care what you do with your little online game. If I tell you to, to take out the trash, I don't care if you can't pause it. If you can't pause the game, I'm going to pause your life, okay? <laughs> You're going to be going online to meet Jesus if you don't turn that game off or turn it on or do what I say when I say it. Because listen here, let me tell you what, buddy. Black parents don't have no time for you to do stuff on your time. You understand? By the time the words leave my mouth, you should already be halfway being done with what I told you to be doing. Okay? I shouldn't even finish my sentence. I should be like, hey, go take it. You should be like, the trash shirt? Be like, yes, but don't interrupt me. Okay, I want you to guess what I'm saying and go and do it, but don't <laughs> interrupt me because you might be wrong, not the taste out of your mouth. But hey, listen here. I want to tell you this, black parents. Let them kids take that trash out whenever they want. They own that online game because that, uh, that little kid last year, he won $3 million on Fortnite, okay? All right, now listen. My son wins $3 million. He's $300. So, <laughs> you know, Kev, <laughs> in a funny way, you know, was juxtapositioning, you know, white parenting versus black parenting. And that white parent in that video just saying, you know, he asked the daughter to take out the trash. And she said, okay, I will after I take out the trash. And, you know, the funny thing is black parents are like, now nah, you going to do it when I say do it right now. And... Terrence and I, uh, with AJ, had learned that we needed to al allow him to have time to adjust, I guess you could say, a an adjusting period to what we asked him to do. And do you want to speak a little bit to what we just heard and how we're applying the principles of Alfie and how we kind of understand and identify with the white parent, right? Okay, um, it's kind of, well, I always wanted to say this on air. We're going to unpack that. Come on, <laughs> come on, unpack, unpack it. Okay, so <laughs> my man basically did something that is recommended, you know, just a thought that comes out of this book. And so, yes, you gave your child, you know, a directive. You're like, I need this to happen. And that's fine. You need things to happen. You're, there's responsibilities in the house and what have you. And kids need to do them. And sometimes those responsibilities are based upon time. Like, it needs to be done at this time. It needs to be done in this way. And they got to learn how to do things at the right time and in the right way. Great. Did taking the trash out need to happen at that time? You know what I'm saying? If you know the, the, the truck is coming in the next 15 minutes, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then you, you know. Anyway, so what ultimately what my man is, uh, Alfie Khan is saying in the book is that um, we have to learn how, uh, this is a phrase that we even talked about, that the idea about controlling kids, like controlling their time, controlling what they do, that that's part of the flaw in parenting. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to rule them, like to show them you're the boss, being the tough guy, you're going to do what I say because I said so. Mm -hmm. And oh, I, we was raised this way, right? I do it because I said so. But ultimately, what my man is arguing in the book, I keep saying my man, what well, Alfie Khan. <laughs> Alfie Khan, our man. <laughs> yeah, is what he's saying in the book is that we have to show kids how to do things. Mm -hmm. And he used, the, he used the juxtaposition of doing to them 
or doing with them. Mm. Doing to them is like, I'm going to do something to you to get what I want out of you. I'm either going to punish you or reward you, but I'm going to do something to you to get a certain kind of behavior. And he talks about how that comes out of behaviorism. Me being a teacher, taking educational psychology, I'm familiar with the term, you know, with the whole, you know, the 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 dog and Pavlov's dog and all that stuff right there. It's just mm-hmm. like you give him rewards, he starts to salivate because he expects it. All that behaviorism stuff. And then he points it out. He was like, yeah, but that's for animals. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I'm like, oh. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he gave the example, you know, about the reward system, about it how how animals are trained right Mm -hmm. and basically it's like our children are not animals right to be given a reward and a pat on their head and tell me they have thoughts opinions feelings uh they're new they're more nuanced than an animal so because that child had like a thought and a feeling like Mm -hmm. the parent understood you really were asking them at a bad time to do it now if you are still needed to be done. All he's saying is, you don't have to control the moment. You don't have to. Con- you don't have to be so in control where you make them just to show them I'm the boss. You do it because I said so. Mm-hmm. There can be times where it needs to happen, but even that conversation that can be a conversation. The thing is, is when there's conflict in those moments, is mm-hmm. then what do we start doing? So when we come to these moments where we're like, "Hey, child, I need you to do X, Y, Z," or not do X, Y, Z. And there becomes conflict over that. Mm-hmm. It's really now it comes down to okay, so what are we gonna do? Are you going to try to take control of the situation and show the kid I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I can do all these things, I can force these things on you, and I threaten you first, scare the hell out of you next, hurt you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or I can give you presents because you listen and give you rewards because you listen, give you an allowance and mm-hmm. and all that whatever stuff. And so it's what we do when we come to those moments of conflict when they don't agree. Right. right. You, something that you said, well, something that we both learned in the book is that when you're raising children, you're trying to build their character and you want them to do it out of their heart, right? We want to talk about their intentions. Because it's right. Because yeah. it's the because we want them to do it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And when you start working on, as you mentioned, the reward, are they doing it because this is the right thing to do or are they doing it because they think that they're going to get a reward? And then when that reward stops, are they going to, when they get into their moment of decision, mm-hmm. are they going to, if they know that there's no reward on the end, mm-hmm. are they going to do the right thing? Right, right. And he talks a lot about that. That's all in there. Just talking about the whole idea. If we think rewarding them, that's what's going to get them there. It's temporary. It ends up being a temporary win. Mm-hmm. You're not really getting them to understand the right and wrong or just the respect of the situation. You know, it's just understanding that a household got to run and everybody got something they got to do in the house to make the household run. Mm-hmm. And you have to respect that you're part of it. And so here's your portion of the responsibilities. We can control, we can talk about the when, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it's going to happen and the how. And we can make it, make sure it's right. But if that control part is like, you got to do it now versus, okay, need you to make sure, like you say with your mom, your mom said you have to clean the dishes. But yeah. you, you had an understanding in your house that, you just couldn't go to sleep. Yeah, you just, you just got <laughs> to do it. And when I was growing up, I hated dishes, FYI. Yeah. And my mom, her thing was, because my sister always said she treated me 
different. She said I was spoiled, but mm. whatever. Tomato, tomato. Um, but my mom's thing with dishes for me, and I don't remember what the rule was with my sister. With me, it was you got to do the dishes. You just got to do it before you go to sleep, right? Where some parents are like, you better do the dishes now. You got to do it now. And my mom's thing was like, I'm going to give you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Autonomy. autonomy. <laughs> yes. My mom gave me autonomy to be like, okay, this is your task. Just do it within this realm before you go to sleep. And later on in life as a grown-up, well, I thought I was grown, when I was 21 years old, mind y'all, I hated washing dishes. I despise it. As much as I could get out of it, I would. When I was 21 years old, I got a job at the same hospital that my mom worked at. And my job was in the dietary department. And guess what I had to do, y'all? Bust them suds. I had to bust them suds. (laughs) I'm talking about nasty pile to the top, carts. And my mom would come down on her break and laugh at me. Like, see, (laughs) you got to wash them dishes now, right? (laughs) Rest in in peace, Baba. I best But eventually, you're going to have to wash them dishes. Right. You know, so It was something that we could laugh about. But something that, Terrence, that you always mention, and I don't know if it was a quote, but one of the things you always say is that parenting is a revolutionary act. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> and it is. And one thing we have to remember in unconditional parenting and raising children, especially when they're children, they've never been here before. So whenever you had your child, all right, you've been on the earth for several years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand things, you've experienced things, you're more in the know. So sometimes when we find ourselves getting frustrated with our kids, we have to remember, hey, they haven't been on the earth this long and we're still in teaching mode. Mm-hmm. Even as an adult, when we're on the job or just in life, when we're with our spouses or our friends, we're ever learning we're ever evolving, and we're all still teachable. So we have to give our children a little bit more grace, right, to understand that we're still teaching them. They make a mistake instead of getting super rah-rah at them or angry with them. Hey, they may have not known. Or maybe they know because you did tell them before, but they made a mistake. So we have to be very mindful and careful because we could be damaging our children, and we could be so abusive towards them or as you were saying early, we're stronger than them, we're bigger than them, and we're using like force tactics on them that either they'll think these force tactics are okay, or they may display it on other humans in a different Waiting form. For a weaker person that they can do it to. Yeah. And just thinking that's normal. A word that you use though, which is very central to what Khan talks about in his book is autonomy. Because ultimately, what are you as an adult? You're autonomous. I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part, every adult wants autonomy. At your job, you mm-hmm. don't want to be micromanaged, right? In your life, you don't want to be controlled. You want to have the freedom to make decisions how you see fit in your life. Well, to be that kind of person, you have to be shown. Mm-hmm. And that's how children get there. And you can either show them that life is about control mm-hmm. and life is about hierarchies and power displays, or you can show them something different about how to get to an autonomous situation. So you teach them autonomy by granting them some as they get older, as they become more understandable of things, Mm -hmm. you start to 
let the string go a little bit, the leash or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, and give them room to operate and let go of the control and be patient. Be patient because you know they're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. If you understand that kids, you know, they have impulse issues because it's their brain, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they not, they're impulsive. You know that they are very self-centered. You know, the world revolves around <laughs> <Yes>. them. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Um, they don't come out these perfect little beings that no, we want them to be. Or these all. cookie cutter children or the leave it to beaver, like perfect kid that Disney sells us or Nickelodeon sells us. And I think that's what people are looking for in their kids. And when they don't find it, they get really angry. Like they're not short adults. Yeah, they're not. They're they're children. You really have <laughs> to show them and, and lead them into adulthood. You know, now we get into, you know, rites of passage and just mm-hmm. you show kids how to be adults. Whether you have a rites of passage program or grow up in that kind of culture, you still have to show kids how to be an adult. You're going to show them one way or another. Mm-hmm. You're going to either show them it's all about basic parenting, it's just lovable bullying, <laughs> <laughs> or it can be something different, you know, um, so when we look at people and say, oh, they don't whip their kids, we might think that they're soft. Well, it, not necessarily. It, they could be. Yeah. You can be stern <laughs> without whipping. Yeah. So let's get into the <laughs> d- disciplining, right? Mm-hmm. And black parenting versus white parenting. And in conversations that we had, a lot of, a lot of black people don't understand that our way of rearing our children comes out of slavery. Mm. And chattel slavery, not not just slavery, chattel slavery, right? I'm going to beat you into submission. I'm going to beat you to you're no longer Kunta. Until I'm going to beat you to now you're calling yourself Toby. Yeah, doing too, behaviorism. Mm-hmm. The pain will make you stop doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the logic. So my man hit me with a brick, right? Mm-hmm. My man, Alfie Kahn. Alfie Kahn, the <laughs> author of the book. He said <laughs> something to the effect of, if you want to show someone love, why would you use violence as a way and then say that that's the way it's supposed to be shown? Like That deserved an applause. <laughs> like, that stung me, right? Because a lot of people can relate. That My mom used to whip me. I wasn't... I got whoopings, right? I'm gonna, I got whoopings. And I'm talking about my mama was heavy-handed. Right, my sister would say that I didn't get as many whoopings as her and my cousins, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I got whoopings and they were memorable. But one thing my mom would say when she was done was, "I whipped you because I love you." Right. I whipped you because if I don't whoop you, you're gonna either end up in hell or jail. Mm-hmm. And you see them kids that didn't get whoopings or their mama let them do whatever. They in jail. They in the gr- you know this was like her logic. So I carried that. So I want y'all to know that before we got to this unconditional parenting vibe we own. I was whooping <laughs> ass. <laughs> right, and I'm, you know. And so, you, you getting right back to the question that you asked, is like, so, the whooping part with black people, it's not, and I want to be very clear, even my man in the book, he doesn't say that because you whoop your kid, you don't love them. Right. Just be very clear. Mm-hmm. You do love your child. Mm-hmm. It's, are they interpreting that by your actions? Is mm. the question. Yeah. Just because you said so after you whooped that ass, okay. is that what they're interpreting <laughs> from the action? That's really simple. Is, th- is that what a kid will interpret from that action? You say, oh, they just don't understand. So here's what I understand about adults. And this is how we get to the race thing. 
he won't say it in the book of me and you laugh when we were walking. <laughs> right. I said he won't say what I understand. Yeah. He just says, yeah, it's true. You know, he laid out the data and everything. Yeah. <laughs> black people do whoop a little <laughs> ass, right? And black- we whoop more ass. <laughs> Than, than our counterparts. Right. We, <laughs> black people is about that ass whoopers. <laughs> and he even lays out the data to support that. And then he lays out this other piece of data. And the black kids don't really interpret it like abuse. They take it like, okay, that's right. love, right? Yeah, I took it as, my, Bobby, you do love me. <laughs> After I went in my room and said bad things in my head about her. <laughs> but he also threw something else out there that that was the point that made me say, oh, mm-hmm. slavery's in the room. Mm. He used an example of an uh, ethnic group, I want to say from Kenya, and talked about the ways that they parented their kids and the way they use, like, giving their kids autonomy and being, what was it? The example he used was amongst black parents, they'll say, yeah, let that baby cry. Yeah. Don't, they'll get spoiled. They go, let them cry. But he said in that culture, in, the, in Kenya, these people were like, no, your baby needs to feel comforted. That's and right. don't you should you should smother your baby with love basically. Yeah. Because they need to know that you are there. And so it comes right down to what's the message are you sending? A kid who's crying in a crib needs to be attended to, right? That's right. Every behavior is on purpose. And a baby who's crying in a crib needs to be attended to. They just can't express themselves because they don't know how. They don't have the language yet. Their so, language is crying or screaming or hollering. Right. However exactly. you want to put it. That's what it is. And so even that, and he even starts to break that down. And so when he said that, but when he used that African example, I said, I'll be down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The but, only difference between us and them is this imposition of slavery. Yeah. And we learned a model from them. Black Americans. And then we use that model as a way to keep our children in line to save them from mm. who? Them. From them. We yeah. use what they <laughs> used against us to save our kids from them. We don't want you to have to experience them. Yeah. And then that's where <laughs> that, that burps, right? Respectability politics mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. It, it burps so much more. Hold your pants up because we're because of the white gang. What they gonna do to you. What right. they gonna do to you if you don't if you don't wear your hair right or if you don't talk a certain way, right? Not yeah. talking white, but talking, you know, correct grammar. If you right. don't do this. And we're always, you know, adding more things on to the long right. list of things. And it's burned out of all of this. And it starts in parenting our kids. Right. And we want our, you ever notice we go to the store now, white kid is just running around all free. And we're looking like, and we're telling our kid no. And our kid is looking at that kid like, I just want to be free mm-hmm. too. And it's not even that that white kid or that white parent is doing it right. And, right. and I don't want anyone to think no. that we're saying, oh, let your kids run wild. No. That's not what it is either. You're going to teach your kids how to do things. Mm-hmm. You're going to show them and model for them and, uh, and talk to them and get them to understand why things need to be done. See? For example. Why? <laughs> right. Because yeah. we don't want to put labels on people or call people ghetto and things. And I use the example when I told you I saw some young ladies out in public with bonnets on. Uh-huh. And, you know, Terrence hates the word ghetto. And I was just like, that's just not, uh, no. And I had to explain to him, well, when I was growing up, ghetto wasn't the term. And now, like, my grandma was born in the 1930s, right? right. She didn't use terms like that's ghetto. It was more so how you should look in the house 
versus how you should look outside of the house. And I had to explain to him, like, you're bonded in your pajamas. That's inside the house clothes. Yeah. And then there's outside the house clothes. Right. And so that goes just along the whole line of just teaching your children how to behave somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not saying act like the white parent and let your kid run rampant in the store knocking all the toys over. No, we're not saying that, but just teaching your kid in the house, parenting, right? Parenting your children, teaching your children, Mm -hmm. guiding your children to say, hey, in the house, certain things are accepted. Mm -hmm. Out in public, other things are not accepted. It's a it's a communication piece. And you can explain these things to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can speak to them in the way they understand to explain. They might not like it. Mm-hmm. You know, some things you just have to enforce. And, and, you know, and that's the whole magic of it. What do you do when you have conflict? Mm-hmm. He doesn't give you the answer. He no. just says, find the answer that shows the kids how to be with love that doesn't contradict the ultimate thing is ultimately because the name of the book is unconditional parenting yes he says that basically kids need to know that we love them unconditionally we no put matter what. no conditions on our love for them mm-hmm. none not your behavior none of that so which, which, so the ultimate goal is your actions should always express to your kids i love you right i love you and i think you know I, I, I'm, I'm christian i'm christian i'm a believer and I was raised Christian, and I think people fail to realize with religion that God loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. But some of the parameters that we put on ourselves through religion, mm-hmm. it will lead you to believe that God doesn't love us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And that can't be true because mamas love their serial killer son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. No, officer, he's not he here. He didn't do it. <laughs> You've been selling drugs for 30 years. I your mama house. My baby didn't do it, okay? What comedian was that who cracked that joke about? It was just LaBelle, like, you better LaBelle, get, LaBelle get that shit out of my house, right? No, officer, he wasn't. Then she go flush it. You better get that shit out of my house, right? Exactly. Your, your mom, children know their moms to be unconditional lovers, right? Yeah. And my mom used to say that your mom is your first guy, right? Because she teaches you about God. And she shows you the way, uh-huh. you know, to God. And your mom, you honor her that way. And your, your children should know, especially at a young age, that there's nothing that you can do to separate you from, that, that they can do that can separate them from your love. Right. And he talks about that in the book on a section called Love Withdrawal, mm-hmm. which was birthed out of the idea of time out, which mm-hmm. also came yeah. from behaviorism, which also came from animals. I'm going to put you in time out. And to a kid, a, remember, y'all, we are grown-ups, but the kid is a kid. So you, them being withdrawn from you or sat in a corner has made them to feel like, oh, because I didn't do this thing, mama or daddy, or caregiver does not love me. For this, yeah, for this moment of time, for however long it is, you know, they feel like they question whether they're loved or not because they are children. Because <laughs> yeah. ultimately, they just want to know that they're going to be loved and accepted, right? And so, once again, it's a paradigm shift. You can teach your kids how to behave, you know what I'm saying, in the way that your family respects, you know what I'm saying, without 
sending mixed message. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And withdrawing love is because it's called unconditional love. That withdrawing love to a kid is terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. What if God withdrew his love right now? We would all drop dead. <laughs> and uh, he does bring that up, you know, uh, you know, for the you know Christians out there that he does mention that you notice sometimes that you see this behavior um, in people who practice Western religions like Christianity because mm-hmm. there is an element of Christianity that is makes God seem very conditional. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna do this or you're going to hell. At the same time, is there's also the same message of you know Jesus Christ? Like there's this unconditional love. And it's there. You can find mm-hmm. both there. And ultimately, I think we know that God is not conditional. God is not human. And so... God... <laughs> humans applause, are... Applause. Applause. <laughs> God ain't human. Right. We be trying to make God think like we think because we, be, as humans, that is a thing. Although this book is called Unconditional Parenting, we are limited as humans and we do have conditions so and god does not have those same limitations that we have so he operating in a completely different realm than we're functioning in but you know our goal right is to be christ-like or Mm -hmm. (laughs) god-like and so we try to to be unconditional as he is or Mm -hmm. forgiving and grace giving right and all of those things wow that was that was good right there. But since you mentioned that we are <laughs> human and we have limitations, so we have to say to everyone that our limitations are going to be sometimes we get mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you cool. It's okay you get mad. Just don't hurt nobody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be careful about the words you're going to say. Don't destroy the kids' self-esteem. You know what I'm saying? Don't make them think you hate them. You're going to be mad. You're going to be impatient. You're going to be tired. You're going to be like, oh, I can't deal with this right now. Right. <laughs> One of the examples that he used in the book, right, when we talk about this idea of love withdrawal or unconditional parenting, he used the example of his daughter, like, being a, basically a complete jerk earlier in the day. Yeah. But their routine was for him to read a book to her every night and took her in before she went to bed. Right, right, right. And so he was, he was, he was really upset, right? Because your kids will take you there. Show out, right? Show complete, show her whole ass, okay? <laughs> and when it was time for bedtime, because kids are like that, right? They can raise hell all day and still be looking like, I love you. Let's <laughs> keep it moving, right? And so she looked at him all doughy-eyed, like, okay, daddy, time for reading time. And he really, for like a split second, he looking like, I about to read to you. But then he had to remember unconditional love. This is our routine. I can't withdraw something mm-hmm. that was unrelated to this current situation. That's right. what he talked about, like taking th- the, the whole reward and punishment system, taking things from the child that's not related to the moment, mm-hmm. like Whatever consequences should happen, right? But let it relate to what's happening at that moment. It doesn't have to carry over to something else, right? And so <laughs> now when when AJ be doing so, AJ likes for me to tuck him in. And like sometimes if he been and did something, and so sure enough, when he get out his shower, he says, Mom, are you going to tuck me in? And if he been and got on my nerves, Terrence will look at me and be like, I'm giving a look, y'all. And I go in there. And I and all those feelings subside because I know in that moment he just my baby who want his mama to tuck him in, say our prayers, and say good night. Right. 
You know what I mean? That's, that's right. That's the love language, right? That's right. how you know you love them. And, you know, we wake up tomorrow and figure out a new way. We figure out a new way. And, again, when as you talk about violence, because that's a key word. Words are powerful. Words are mm-hmm. important when we're using violence against our kids. We don't like it when that girl gets in a relationship with a guy and he's beating her butt and she says, but he loves me. Because we ourselves, out of our grown-ass mm-hmm. mouths, say, Girl, he don't love he you don't and he's whooping your ass. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Great you know what I mean? So uh, lastly, to kind of close out the conversation, we talked about the class dynamic okay. that formulates how we discipline and as it relates to unconditional parenting. You want to touch a little bit on the more the more money we got, the less whoopings we and dishing that's just out. Something he puts out. You'll check <laughs> it out in the book. He he really just raise, lays out the data that shows that ultimately the higher you go up in class, the less the violent um, incidents as far as like disciplining kids. Mm-hmm. And and he's you know basically saying you know <clears throat> you're dealing with people on the lower end of the uh, of the spectrum who has all types of other pressures in their lives you know, and and patience issues just because of how hard it is in this society, you know what I'm saying, to be poor. And so you'll see that as people get a little more freedom because they got a little more money, they can afford to be a little more patient, Mm -hmm. you know. And so with black people existing mostly as working class people, you can see kind of how that pressure is on us. But... um. But then he, the flaw in wealthier people is that they still think that they can just buy their kids love and mm-hmm. buy, and, and then you end up having the spoiled brats, you know what I'm saying, who just who don't have no high love, right? They don't got no good character, you know, basically <laughs> living like the Royce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, watch Succession, y'all. Right, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, there's a class element, but the class element is really about the pressures that this system. Capitalism sucks. That this okay. <laughs> I, have, I have to say that's that. another episode. <laughs> <laughs> that the pressures that, that the society put on us, because he even talks about that. The differences in an individualistic capitalist society versus a collective society where it's all about the we and not about the me. Where where <laughs> where the where the term it takes a village to it's, raise a child is real. It's real and as not just cliche. To, you know, don't touch my kid. You mm-hmm. don't know you. But I understand that in modern times. Don't yeah, you understand you, yeah, why everybody crazy. can't, right? Yeah. <laughs> so basically to close out this talk, what do we want to take away is to you have your own journey as parents. And right. you may not get to where we are, or not to saying that our way is the best way or the wrong way or the right way. We still working but we on still it. working out <laughs> our kinks, right? We still working on we like we had a reward system. Yep. And then it's got to the point where he was <laughs> He was gaming the system. He was he gaming it. the he system. It. And that's why the reward system if you we, we canceled it. We canceled it because we saw that he hacked it. <laughs> so this this parenting thing is trial and error. There is no handbook, but you can love your children mm-hmm. unconditionally yes. and always leave them with the sense of feeling that they know that you will always be there for them. And that's a security blanket for children. Mm-hmm. Terrence works in education. I work in education. And there's a lot of loveless children oh, yeah. out there who turn into adults seeking and yearning for love. 
and you don't want to be the on the on the adult because people are more harsh to adults <laughs> seeking it than they are to children. So you know, start at that young age. And before you close, I just point out that he he that's like a recurring theme in the book is that what kind of adults do you end up being when you've been raised this way? You need your adults who need a lot of. Lot a lot love. of therapy. Therapy, <laughs> child. His life was hard, right? <laughs> Coming to a Tanae Talks episode near you, child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, this was a really great episode, Terrence. Thank uh-huh. you for being a guest. Thank you for this being on this parenting journey with me as we discover through prayer and supplication, child. <laughs> uh, how to raise a little black boy in... 21st century America. It That's is revolutionary. Right. <laughs> it yes. is exciting because yes. he's brilliant. Yes. He's fun. He yes. is his own man. He's he out there tearing some up. He's now out we got to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have to close up. Uh, but in true Tanae Talks fashion, now is our time to do our shout outs. So uh, who you shouting out? Homie? I'm shouting out AJ. Shout out to AJ. I told AJ this last night. As because I had to take AJ to the Mbangi. I had to take him to the village yeah. to help other have other men talk to him about a problem we were having in the home. Uh-huh. And I told the AJ, village. yes, I just told AJ that I thank him for challenging me to be a better father. So shout out to AJ. Shout out to AJ. That's so sweet. That almost that like Loki <laughs> brought a tear to my eye. And uh, mine's other things. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was so sweet. Wow, okay. So uh, my shout-out is shout-out to AJ, who made me a mother 10 years ago. And this has been quite the journey with it. If you follow me on social media, you know that I have my chronicles of AJ. He keeps me entertained. He keeps me on my toes. He keeps me in prayer. (laughs) Got my prayer life popping (laughs) ten. And he keeps me young. He keeps me innovative. He calls me a boomer. I keep telling him that I'm not a boomer. I'm a millennial. Uh, he but care. he don't care. He <laughs> insults me calling me a boomer. So shout out to AJ. Shout out to my mother. May she rest in sweet heavenly peace for raising me. Shout out to Hello Studios for the opportunity to record this episode in this lovely studio. They were hospitable. Uh, Zorik is kind. Like I said, it's a great view, great sound system. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're looking for a place or space to record your podcast or you're trying to start up a podcast, I would encourage you to come to Hello Studios. And let me give you guys the contact for Hello Studios. Hello Studios is located at 1910 Pacific Avenue, Suite 1850. That's Dallas, Texas, 75201. They got refreshments. I mean, the setup is just dope. Dope. Ain't it dope, babe? Like, Mm -hmm. it's a cool-ass vibe up in here. So remember, if you're also trying to start your own podcast, be sure to go to Amazon.com and pick up the Tanae Talks Easy Guide to Starting Your Podcast. I wrote a whole book. I wrote a whole book. I'm a whole author out here, a whole one, (laughs) a period. So uh, shout out to um, um, Hello Studios, and uh, we'll just close out on that note. Yeah. You ready?
talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today.